Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on The Bigger Picture. And as the earnings season gets underway, it's time to look at some of the perhaps themes that we can look out for. And to help us along, we've got Rob Hinchliffe. He is the Portfolio Manager and Head of Global Sector Cluster Research at Pine Bridge Investments. Rob, thanks for joining me on the show. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Awesome. So let's start with what you've been keeping an eye on. And you've got three KPEX themes for us to look at. And these include near-shoring and friend-shoring, increasing factory automation, and how net zero spending is ramping up. So let's unpack it one by one, starting with how you are looking at near-shoring and friend-shoring getting traction. Well, sure. Uh, you know, companies are rethinking their supply chains after the trade wars and the supply chain issues and, of course, national security concerns that we, that we all hear about. Mm-hmm. Batteries, semiconductors are, are leading the way here. Billions of investments are coming. Lots of ways to invest in these. Okay, so I suppose what's happening in China is also a factor of the China Plus One strategy? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and you're seeing you know, India as a potential beneficiary here, certainly Mexico too. Uh, China Plus One strategy, absolutely. We hear a lot about that from companies. Mm, that- might be one thing to watch out for as you get commentary around the earnings season. And also increasing factory automation. How much is that going to help companies? You know, this is all about efficiency. As companies modernize, as they expand their manufacturing capacity, automation helps to keep costs in check, particularly labor costs that have been increasing. Uh, related certainly to the nearshoring theme that we just talked about, too. As companies... Uh, add new manufacturing capacity, they're looking to put in the most state of, uh, state-of-the-art equipment they can. And another place where money seems to be going is driving the sustainability agenda. And this is where net zero spending is ramping up. Where is the money going in this field, at least? Well, you know, the, the net zero targets, you know, out by, by 2050, they're going to require potentially trillions of dollars in spending. And it's, it's all about energy production and storage and efficiency. And there's so many different angles here to invest in. Uh, You know, one of the ways that we're finding opportunities is companies that are helping other companies to meet their targets. Um, So there's there's lots of ways to invest in this. And it's it's certainly a multi-decade type of opportunity. All right, Rob, let's dive a bit deeper into some of the places we can look at, perhaps as beneficiaries of some of the themes we just outlined. Now, when we look at some of the uh, ESG trends and also efficiency trends that are playing out, what are some of the places you're going to be looking at when it comes to investing? Well, we've, we've looked at areas such as uh, when it comes to, to automation, uh, machine vision and companies that help companies to design new factories. Um, we've looked at... Um, companies that would benefit from when a new factory is built, the surrounding area, what what other opportunities there are there from just the geographic area where new plants could be built. So there, there's certainly lots of different ways to invest in these opportunities, not just the direct uh, building of a factory, but there's so many ancillary ways too. Mm, and let's take a look at how investor allocation has been moving or evolving in the past year or so. We've seen interest rates staying high. Has that kept them away from any sectors? 
Uh, no, no, it hasn't kept us away from anything. Um, you know, we are, I would say, we've, we've found opportunities over the last year in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you think what's been going on over the last year or so, you've had the war, Russia-Ukraine war, and all the fears that surround that, high inflation, the lockdowns in China surrounding COVID, it's, it's really opened up a valuation gap between what you see in the U.S. and what you see in Europe. And that certainly has led to opportunities. So I would say that's an area where the portfolio has changed a little bit over the last year. We've gone from underweight to overweight Europe, all from a bottom-up perspective, but that's been the result of our individual investments. Yeah, man, uh, talking about the U.S., we had a pretty good first half of the year. Just looking at Nasdaq alone, was up more than 30%. Is that also a sense of valuations um, in terms of being overbought in the sector in terms of technology? Well, you're right. That's the U.S. has had a, a really good first half, and and IT in particular. You know, I think I think what's interesting if you break down the market a little bit, uh, what you'll find is it really is U.S. IT is where valuations are higher than they've been historically. The other sectors valuations are pretty close to. Their, their longer-term averages, and around the world, too. You know, valuations don't stand out as being expensive. But even within IT, there's a lot of good things going on. Uh, AI is a, is a real story. Hmm. Uh, there's real growth opportunities in the years to come. So uh, while stocks may be more expensive than they have historically, I think there are many companies that have better outlooks than they have historically, too. Yeah, Rob, talking about opportunities to grow, where does China fit into the picture? Because we have been seeing a bit of a um, disappointment when it comes to reopening story. And it doesn't look like there's going to be a huge catalyst yet, at least. Where does it fit into your investment equation? Well, we we invest for the medium to long term. And, and what we found is that short-term concerns can certainly create opportunities for investors like us. Mm. So we're certainly uh, looking uh, for potential uh, opportunities across China and, and, and into Asia, too. You know, there's some real, I think, durable themes there. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly automation, continued growth in electric vehicles, uh, growing affluence over time. Um, so there, there's a lot of, I think, long-term opportunities that are worth digging into. And we look at Asia, property is always a popular investment choice. How does it fit into your portfolio? You know, we've never invested in, in, in the property sector. Um, we spend a lot of time when it comes to managing our portfolio on risk management, being able to quantify risks. Mm. And that's an area where, uh, you know, we just never felt like we could properly quantify the risks and what it would do to the portfolio. So it's an area we've not invested in. All right. And talk about risks and managing risks as well as minimizing them. What's your strategy to at least diversify or at least hedge your investments right now? Well, we, we spend a lot of time, we always do, on risk management. And, and there are a lot of ways to be wrong in these markets. So we do our best to, to manage the risks, to take the ones that we want. And for us, the way we invest, it's only from stock selection. Hmm. And we minimize the risks that we don't want. We're not macro investors. So we want to make sure that our 
our stock portfolio, which is has about 40 investment in it, is constructed so it behaves the way we want it to behave. Um, we have our own way of evaluating companies. We don't think sectors is the best way to look at stocks. There's mm. too many variations in sectors. So we, we group our companies differently than than most other investment shops, certainly different than the the normal market view of sectors. And we construct our portfolios so that we're always style neutral. And uh, aside from stock selection, our portfolio has a very similar risk profile to the benchmark. Mm. So Rob, when you look at a trade, say you're looking out for in a company, what comes into play? How much is cash flow as well as dividends uh, going to be a factor? Well, we invest in the positive change in companies over time that's, that's mispriced by the market. So, so we're looking for companies where our view of a company is that it's better than what the market thinks it's going to be over the next several years. So it could be cash flow. It could be revenue growth. Mm-hmm. It could be a changing business mix. It could be uh, ESG, too. Um, we're looking to find companies where essentially the market is missing something, and that could come from a variety of areas. All right. Mispriced assets could be an opportunity, especially if there is going to be any form of correction around the corner. Well, I've been chairing Rob Hinchcliffe. He is the Portfolio Manager and Head of Global Sector Cluster Research at Pine Bridge Investments. Rob, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.